0: Oh, Thanks for being here. It's awesome to be in the presence of Jesus. I love celebrating this season of Advent and gathering together to remind ourselves and stir ourselves that Jesus came 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, but he still appears in our lives every day. Man, how many of you are aware of his appearing in your life? If we don't, if we don't see him appearing in our lives on a daily basis, we maybe need to look harder. We need to change what we're looking for, change what we're expecting, because that's what this season is all about. This Advent, this Christmas season is to remind us to keep looking for him, to keep anticipating that he's alive and wants to do things in our lives. And uh, that's what the world needs, because when Jesus shows up, things always change for the better. Isn't that a truth in life? When, when he appears on the scene, sick people get healed. Come on, we sang about it this morning. Hopeless situation seeks to exist. I'm just being reminded, even seeing the announcement this morning, that Corinne and Steve are in the hospital with Lincoln. He was having issues breathing, and, and the children's hospital admitted him and kept him overnight. And uh, Can we just pray for them right now? Is that all right to do? God, we thank you for the healing power that exists through your Holy Spirit, that comes because of the stripes you took on your back and the work you did at the cross. And Lord, we ask right now, right in that hospital room where Lincoln is, that you would just fill his body with your presence, with your spirit, Lord, the breath of life into his lungs, that he would be strengthened and whole in Jesus' name. We just thank you that you surround him right where he is right now, and you bring your life to him. And God, we ask that even in this room as we were singing about it, let it not just be words on a screen that we're singing together, Lord, but let it be a truth that we experience in our lives. Where there's sickness in this room this morning, we just declare healing in the name of Jesus. We release you to do everything that you want to do, Lord Jesus. We are in agreement with you. More than anything else that goes on in this world, we say we agree with what you want to do. Lord, come and have your way. Bring hope and life and healing in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Man, wherever Jesus shows up, good things happen. And he calls us to represent him in that way to the world. We are called the body of Christ, which means wherever we go, people should be seeing him. And those same things that we're singing about and expecting, you know, where where we go, healing should happen. Hope should come. Joy should come. These are all the things we've been talking about in this series of Being Christmas not just singing about Christmas or letting it be a once a year celebration but actually being Jesus to the world and carrying the things that he's released into our lives our key verse for this series we've been reading first john 4:17 as he is so are we in this world The world needs to see Jesus and the way they're going to see Jesus is through his people going out and representing him to the world. And so we've already talked about being hope and being peace. And today I want to share a few thoughts on being joy. Uh, This third week of Advent, we're talking about joy That's part of why we had the kids come up. Isn't it? Isn't there something about seeing kids that always releases joy? Come on. If... (laughs) I was just thinking about some stories with my own kids and thinking it didn't always release joy to see the kids. But there should be something about seeing kids that always releases joy. Just that smile on their face, the way they stood up here and sang this morning. How could you not help but smile back at them? Come on, something about kids coming and singing and celebrating Jesus is amazing and it releases joy to us. And uh, just like we carry hope and peace in the world, we are to be bringers of joy wherever we go. Here's, here's a quick test as to whether or not we carry joy into the world. Everybody say, yes, I want a quick version of it. If you don't remember anything else today, if I talk too long, you fall asleep, remember this. This is a quick test to see if you carry joy into the world. Are people happy to see me when I walk in the room? Come on, that is the shortcut of all shortcuts to discern whether or not I carry joy into situations. Are people happy to see me when I walk into the room? Do I lift people up or do I bring them down? When, when I walk into the room, is it like the sun coming out or the rain clouds moving in? Come on, there, there is a very real presence and an atmosphere we carry. And when we walk into the room, if it looks like people have to reach for their umbrellas, come on. There's, there's some spiritual symbology in there. They put up their umbrella like, hey, I don't want to talk to you, and I'm shielding myself. Come on. When I walk into the room, is it like Jesus walked into the room where people were like, oh, I'm so glad he's here. Or people ready to run for the exits? That's a, that's a pretty good sign right there at a base level. Do, am I a bringer of joy or not? Do I carry that atmosphere with me? Uh, here's the definition of joy. Joy means happiness. Being cheerful and the feeling that comes from well-being or success. How many of you would love to have joy in your life? That means that things are going well and I feel good about it. And it shows on my face. There's something happening in my life that stirs me and I'm excited and I'm happy and I'm cheerful about it. And in the Bible we see the word rejoice a lot. The word rejoice means to experience great pleasure or delight. It doesn't mean just have joy again. Like you had it 10 years ago, now I'm telling you to rejoice. Like have joy one more time. It's actually amplifying joy. It's saying that feeling and that experience when you have joy, take it to the next level. Rejoice. Let something explode in you that there's great pleasure and delight in my life right now. The biblical concept of joy... Whenever you, whenever you go study it out, almost 100% of the time, in the Bible, any word that's translated as joy carries with it the connotation of doing something on the outside. In fact, the, the two most common Hebrew words that are translated for, as joy in the Old Testament denote spinning around and jumping. Awesome. Yes. yes. Come on, are you going to make me do it? Yeah, like, like I'm so excited that I just can't contain myself. Talk about childlike joy and something in the atmosphere. Joy means that there's something on the inside that comes out so everybody else is aware that I have joy. Joy is, come on, if you have heard this in a sermon and you believe this, get, repent, change your mind, get out of this. Joy as a Christian does not just mean, I'm, I got my joy and nothing can rattle me. Come on, there, there are some places that, that teach that, that you say, well, it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside, you just have joy. On the- there is a base truth there. There is joy on the inside that can't be taken away and stolen from me. Right. But true joy does affect something on the outside of me. <laughs> there should be something on my face that lets people know I'm full of joy. Gosh, what's, what's the old song? I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Like, it's down in my heart so that if you've got the joy, you can clap your hands, you can smile, you can let it be showing on your face. There should be something about it. How many of you, many of you have had a good laugh this week? Like half the room. Yeah, there we go. Eric Schwederowski, bringer of joy everywhere that he goes. Doesn't that feel better to laugh? Like, shouldn't there be something about... If there is joy in the presence of God in this place, shouldn't there be something that causes us to want to laugh or to be cheerful, to be excited about things? Look, I was going to say, look at your neighbor and laugh at them. but <laughs> Look at your neighbor and laugh with them. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a better way to say it. There should be something about our lives. <laughs> Come on. I will tell you, if you're not in a life group, you're missing out on some great relationships. Our last two life groups, I've, and some of the people that are in my group are laughing because they were there. I laughed more at our last two life groups than I have maybe the whole year leading up to that point. There's just something about when we gather together with God's people, why do we have this picture that when we gather together with God's people, it's always got to be, oh, let's pray. Let's, let's just meditate on him. There are times for that. Come on, we need to be people of prayer and be together and do those things together. But there are times when we just need to rejoice and be happy and be excited to be with each other and even laugh a little bit. That is attractive to the world. The world sees people having a good time and that draws them in. When the world sees people that look like it's drudgery and suffering to gather together all the time, they walk the other way. We are to be people of joy and to let it show on our faces. And come on, being, being joy doesn't mean that everybody's problems disappear all of a sudden. Come on, it doesn't mean we have to be fake people and just have the smile painted on our face all the time. Being joy doesn't mean that we ignore the very real issues that people are dealing with. There, there's a verse in Romans 12 that says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That, that implies that even as Christians, there will still be situations going on that cause us to mourn and to walk through that with each other, but there, we are also supposed to be people of rejoicing. That's right. There are times and seasons for all of that, and it does mean that all, all that it means when we have joy as Christians, it means that the situations we walk through are not our main focus. Right. He is. How many times in scripture does it keep reminding us, let's get our eyes back on Jesus, fix our eyes on him, get our eyes off of the earth and what's going on and thinking that that's all there is to life, that this is it and there's no more and and what happens in the world has sway over me. There are times when we mourn, but we don't look at those situations and say, that's the end all be all. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we walk through those things because there's joy on the other side. Come on, that's even what helped Jesus get through the cross. What what did Steve share last week in communion? But for the joy set before him, he scorned the shame of the cross. If, If joy was something Jesus needed to walk through dark and difficult times, I'm pretty sure we need it too. That's part of why he put us together to walk through. The world desperately needs the joy that we carry. The world desperately needs to see people that have something inside of them that goes above and beyond the natural situations and circumstances we walk through. That's why we are called supernatural people, because we carry something that's not affected by what goes on in the world. Here are just a couple stats I saw that reinforced for me that the world needs the joy that we carry. Do you know that the the leading cause of disability in 15 to 44-year-olds. So this is, this is a pretty capable age group of people, right? You would think they're doing pretty well, but there are a bunch of people that they qualify for disability and can't even go out of the house, can't hold a job. The leading cause of disability in 15 to 44-year-olds is major depressive disorder. Like, not you got in an accident and hurt your leg, got your hand jacked up. It's depression is what causes people in that age group to be Disabled. About 50% of those who have depression also get diagnosed with anxiety. Why is that? Because when you live apart from Jesus, when you think all that there is is what goes on in the world, you have a hard time getting out of the first couple verses of Ecclesiastes. How many of you ever read the book of Ecclesiastes? And it starts out, it says, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. If you don't know Jesus, you are going to camp right there in those verses. And the world is going to run you over and it's going to get depressing and it's going to, you're going to be anxious and fearful about what's going on in life. Come on, we need to get through to the end where the, the writer of Ecclesiastes finally says, hey, you fear God and keep his commandments. It is about him, not about what's going on in our lives. The world desperately needs the joy that we carry. And it doesn't diminish the instances when, when people have a very real illness that's called depression come on if you've ever battled with that that's a very real thing it's very dark but I know Jesus is a healer yeah. Jesus carries joy yeah. and can we can we get rid of the stigma for people that have to go to the doctor about something that's going on in a, a mental disorder Amen. Yeah. Amen. you know somebody somebody comes in we we pray for everybody oh, that's right. re- regardless of what's gone physical healing emotional healing we pray for people to get saved yes. and spiritually healed but when somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, my ankle's hurting so much. People say, oh, go see the foot doctor. <laughs> like, no, no problem at all. They say, go see the foot doctor. Oh, my back's hurting. Go see the neurologist, whatever. Somebody comes and says, man, I'm really in a dark place with depression. <gasps> you need to pray more. Why do we do that? Do you know God made doctors smart for a reason? And that includes people that practice psychiatry. Not, not all of them. There are some quacks out there, but there, are some, but there are some real people that know what they're doing, and maybe God opened a door for that avenue to get healed. Amen. And that doesn't negate that we're going to pray for you and ask God to bring healing and align things in your body or cause chemicals to come into balance, but there are very real issues that people deal with that for some reason as the church, we stigmatize it and make it like, oh, you're weak in your faith if you're dealing with that. Anyway, the world desperately needs the joy that we carry because he is the answer. Just like peace and hope, joy is evidence that the kingdom is at work in our lives. Romans 14, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is. And if there is an opportunity to be a bringer of joy in any situation, we should be the first ones in line to bring it. Look at your neighbor and say, bring it. Come on, that's, that's a good word right there. We ought to be the first ones in line to say, I'm going to bring the joy to this place. I'm going to bring joy where there's hopelessness and depression going on, where there's darkness. I am going to come and shine the light of Jesus by being joy in this situation. Amen, Pastor Chris. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you wanted to say it. I just needed to make a little room for you to say it. Come on, you're sitting there. You might be saying, well, what if I don't feel like it? That's not my personality. Anybody ever say that? Like, we're talking about joy and, and letting it show on our face and be excited, and you're like, oh, that's just not really who I am. I'm very reserved and calm. If that's the first thing that pops into your head, ask God to change you. Come on, isn't that the business that He's in? is changing us to look more like him. And if we ever get to a point where we say, I'm not going to do that because that's not who I am, then we need to say, Jesus, change who I am. Yeah. Come on. We, so long, sometimes we dig in our heels and we say, oh, but Jesus, you don't understand that I'm not like that. Right. And the whole time he's up there saying, but I want to change you right. <laughs> to be more like this. Yeah. Now, what if I don't have any joy to give away that's a different question. Because we can't give something away that we don't have. If, if we're digging in our heels and saying, that's not my personality, ask God to change you. But if you don't have any joy, if you're going through a hard situation, you're like, where is the joy at all? Jesus can deal with that. That's a, that's a, that's a question we can solve. That's something he can do something about. Here's a key for you this morning. The source of joy. We all want more joy in our life. The source of joy is knowing God and being aware of what he's done in our lives. It, it, it really is. We complicate things. We think, oh, well, what, what news can I read? What pill can I take? What relationship can I have to get more joy in my life? And the secret, the source of all joy, is knowing him and being aware of what he's done in our lives. Psalm 16, 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Isn't that amazing? David talks about what is the path of life. I want to know the secret to this abundance and this life and this fullness that you have. He asks the question, show me the path of life. Then he starts talking about how you get joy. There is a connection there. If we want to experience life to its fullness and the joy that he has for us, there's something there about being in his presence. There is no shortage of joy in his presence. True. If we're walking around saying, I don't have any joy, I'm being run over by the world, then we need to find our way back to his presence. Yeah, that's good. I love that verse. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. I'm, I was amazed. The word presence in the Hebrew is the word panim, and it actually... It doesn't mean presence. The the Hebrew word for presence that's translated there means face. And it means actually coming face to face with God. Getting to know him. Not not just being in the room with him. But cultivating that relationship with him. I've seen you face to face. I know you. I've been touched and changed by you. That's what releases the joy. That's where there's a fullness of it. And it says at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. His right hand throughout scripture resent, represents his power and his deeds. So when he says there's fullness of joy by seeing your face and your right hand, that means the more that we know him and the more that we're aware of what he's done in our lives, that's what releases joy to us. We need to get to a place where I know what he's done and I recognize the activity that he's done in my life and I begin to have more joy. He loves me. He's happy to meet with me. (laughs) Come on, I don't know what stirs joy in your life. He saved me. He took me out of darkness and brought me into the light. He went to the cross for me. Come on, there should be something in our life that we can meditate on that I become aware of what he's done and suddenly all those situations I'm going through in life, they're trying to rob my joy. They start to fade into the background because I'm aware you're more than enough. You've never let me down. You're the one that has delivered me before and you can deliver me again. And when I experience him that way, it strengthens me. I just want to read you a couple verses that are famous about joy. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. They were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. The the walls had been torn down. And uh, they found, while they were rebuilding the walls, they found the books of the law. They found what outlined at the time how they could have a relationship with God. They had been lost for years and they found these books and they started to read these books. And they said, whoa, we're not doing what it says in there. Come on, that, that's, that's what they had come to a place. They had been living for so long, not being aware of the covenant, the relationship that they had with God. They were doing whatever they pleased. They were offering sacrifices to other gods. And they found the books of law and they began to read them. And they were grieved because they said, we're not doing what it takes to have a relationship with God. And so their first response, their first reaction in this moment was, we need to have a national day of mourning and feel really bad about what we're doing in our lives. And this is what Nehemiah said to them. They're, they're making all these plans to put on sackcloth and ashes to have a big boohoo day and say, we need to cry a whole lot. And Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. In that moment of realizing we haven't been doing what it takes to have a relationship with God, Nehemiah tells him, your first instinct wasn't the right one. You you found the way to have a relationship with God and you want to go be sad about it all the time? He says, this is a day for rejoicing. There may be some points in our lives where we've grieved over our sin, but when you find out who he is, and what he's done about it, it should stir joy inside of your soul. Come on, read, read that verse one more time on the screen. It doesn't say that grieving is our source of joy. Come on. There, there may be times where, man, I, I really need to get back to knowing him and pursuing him and finding out what this relationship with him looks like. But grieving about it is not what produces strength in your life. What produces strength is the joy that comes when I realize he took care of all my issues. He won the victory for every battle I could ever be engaged in. At the cross, he paid everything that could ever be paid. That should stir us to joy and that gives us strength to go forward in life. Ah, I love that. When we realize the length that he went through to save us, we ought to get excited about it. We can't help but rejoice, which means something comes out on the outside because of what he's done on the inside. Ah, Can I read one more verse? Is all right? Because we live in a world that's hard. Sometimes we need reminders. And that's, that's where Paul found himself. He was writing a letter to the church in Philippi. And in verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4, he says this to them, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Come on, was Paul just saying, you're not listening to me? Come on, Linda, Linda, honey, listen to me. If you don't know what that reference is, you need to spend, waste more time watching YouTube videos little three-year-old kid talking to his mom. Linda, you're not listening to me. (laughs) Is that what Paul was doing in that moment? He's saying, hey, hey, you didn't read what I just read. Rejoice. And I got to say it again. Rejoice. That's not what he was doing in that moment. He was saying, there's something about taking it to the next level. Remember what Jesus has done. Connect with him once again. Rejoice. Come on. The city of Philippi was an outpost of Roman soldiers. That's that's basically what compromised the the population of Philippi was these Roman soldiers that had come to keep order in the province. Talk about a hard place to start a church. And it was the first church planted in all of Europe. And it it happened when Paul and Silas just happened to be there and get thrown in jail together. Come on, that that would be like saying, hey, there's these people that they really hate you, they want to kill you, They, they can't stand you. There's a whole bunch of them. Go open a church right next to where their headquarters is. That's, that's not the first, like, you really need to know you've heard God to say, I'm going to go start a church in Philippi. So it was hard. They were being persecuted on every corner. Every time they turned around, somebody was wanting to kill them, throw them in jail. You're not worshiping the right gods, whatever it is. And Paul said, you need to be reminded in the middle of that hard situation, rejoice. And again, I say Rejoice. Paul knew the secret to their everyday survival was you need to have joy. You need to connect with Jesus once again. I love the way the Passion Translation uh, renders that verse. It says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the Anointed One. It's all about our relationship that we have with him. The more we know him, the more we realize what he's done for us, the more it fills us with joy and it gives us strength. He is in me. He knows me. He loves me. He saved me. We need to be solid in those things if we want to have joy. When I know those things, I can be joy anywhere at any time. We can find joy in unexpected moments. This is is where I want to end and get to this morning. We can find joy in unexpected moments. There, there are situations that we can find joy where we have no earthly business having joy in the middle of it. That, that is part of our Christian witness when we walk through a thing that everybody else in the world is like, oh, this is, this is winning. How am I going to survive this? And we have joy in the middle of that situation. That Speaking of the church in Philippi, it was planted out of finding joy in an unlikely circumstance. And it set them free. In Acts chapter 16, just, just listen to what they went through. This is Paul and Silas. They were preaching in Philippi. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Then the officials tore the clothes off of Paul and Silas and ordered the guards to beat them with sticks. After they had hit Paul and Silas many times. Come on, for it to get in the Bible to say many times, I don't know how many that was, but it was a bunch. Come I got one story. Seriously, then, then we'll go. When I was a kid, I did something stupid. That, yeah, just one, that one time. <laughs> and I have this vivid memory of my dad coming in and saying, You're going to get spanked. And, and he had this paddle that was unpleasant. And he sat me down and said, This is what you've done. You're going to get spanked. How many SWATs do you think you deserve? <laughs> so I knew, even at, even at that age, I knew the wrong answer is zero. Because if I say too few, he's going to give me more. But it would be really stupid to say like five or six. Like even I'm doing this math as he's asking me this question. How many swats do you deserve? I think I said two was the, was the answer. I don't think that would qualify as beating them with many blows. But I got two that day because that's what I deserved and asked for. <laughs> for to make it in the Bible to say many blows, I think it was a lot more than two. So they got these guards. They're, they're pretty bitter about being in the army anyway. And they're angry and they got an opportunity to take it out on somebody. And they were directed to beat Paul and Silas with many blows with these rods. Ow. It says, after they had hit Paul and Silas many times, they threw them in jail and they ordered the jailer to keep them under tight security. So the jailer followed these orders and put Paul and Silas into solitary confinement with their feet in leg irons. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and other prisoners were listening to them. Talk about finding joy in an unexpected moment. If this was the story of Chris, it would say around midnight, Chris and Silas were moaning and crying in the jail. And that probably would be really true, because Chris and Silas are very similar in our personalities. In fact, Silas does things that irritate me, and the girls look at me and say, he's you, Dad. like. That's what it would say in this story is it it would say Chris and Silas were in the jail moaning about the, the trials they had gone through and, oh, my back hurts so bad and where'd they beat you and, like, are you bleeding from there too? And it says instead of that, Paul and Silas were in the prison singing praise to God. Talk about needing to connect with joy to get some strength. In an unexpected moment, you've got no earthly reason to be singing praise to God. In fact, most of the people that would see that situation would say, you must not have had enough faith because they arrested you. They threw you in the jail. They beat you. you couldn't even get any converts to raise their hand at the altar call because they were beating you with sticks. But they knew, man, we're in a place where more than ever we need joy. You guys know the end of the story. They they were singing and praising God, and all of a sudden a great earthquake came, and it shook the jail, and it, it was such a violent earthquake, it actually shook their irons off their arms and the shackles that they were in on their feet, and it set them free. If them finding joy in an unexpected moment brought freedom to their lives, how many of us need to find joy in an unexpected moment we're going through to see some freedom come to our lives? Come on, their decision to be joy in a moment that didn't call for joy at all not only set them free, it saved the jailer and his whole family and it established the first church in Europe in a place that had no business having a church, a Roman outpost. What will our choice to be joy do for the people around us? We have no idea how far-reaching the effects of that simple decision to say, man, this situation stinks, but I'm going to press into you, God. I'm going to find you in the middle of this. I'm going to connect with you. I am going to get some joy flowing in my life right now. And not only will it set us free, it'll do something for the people around us. Let's go ahead and stand together in this place. Being joy can be as simple as choosing to look for him in any circumstance you're in. And when you do that, he is faithful to be found. And he will supernaturally fill us with joy that gives us strength. The action thing that I want us to do today, <laughs> I want us to choose to look for joy in unexpected places, people, moments, situations. All those things we can do this week. When you're out in the world, when you're back at your job, when you're in the grocery store, choose joy in those moments. Look for him. But today a very practical thing you can do is we're going to go sing in the streets of Bridgeville after service today. If you would like to go be joy in the community with us, uh, Andrea and Christina are going to be right over there after service. I want you to go see them and say, hey, where are we going? What are we going to sing? It's not going to be long. we got a couple places that we called. They said, hey, come sing in front of our store. We'd love to have that. As long as we're not selling anything or trying to... Solicit anybody, we're good to go to sing there. So we've got some places we're going. It's a short time in your day to just say, "Hey, I get to go be a witness for him and be joy in an unexpected place today." Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness in our lives. Lord, stir us once again with what you've done in us so that we would find joy. <laughs> so that we would be reminded, Lord, that you did things that no one else could ever accomplish in us. You are a God that saves, that loves, that redeems and restores. We're so grateful, God, and it fills us with joy. Lord, let that joy that's on the inside of our hearts be seen on the outside. Let it be seen on our face. Let it be seen in our conversation. Let, let our words be seasoned with joy, Lord God, that it would stir us and release something to people around us. God, we just say that we love you. Even as we go to sing in the community right now. Lord, let it be more than just songs on a page. Let there be an atmosphere of joy released in the hearts of people that would grab their attention and let them know you love them with an undying love. Lord, bless us indeed as we go from this place. Let your goodness and your mercy flow in our lives. Let you be seen in us that the world may know that you are alive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're in this place today and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, this would be a great day to do it. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, Otherwise, if you want to sing, there'll be the people gathering over there. But have a great afternoon. God bless you guys.